The biggest Colts game in recent memory is right around the corner, but there's actually more on the line than just a spot in the playoffs. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, what up? Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply what is up, friends and family? This is Jake Arthur and Zach Hicks from HorseshoeHuddle.com. And today, uh, we got a, a fun one today, I think. Uh, we're going over some keys to the game of Colts and Texans, uh, some milestones that are within reach because this is the last game of the regular season. And then I'm going to put Zach on the spot with a little bit of fact or fiction. And uh, we really want to get your guys' uh, temperature on some of these questions. So be sure to reply in the comments on uh, on some of these. So First up, Zach, wow. I mean, we're at the end of the regular season now. I don't know that we anticipated it being basically for all the marbles. Like, this is a playoff game. The Colts win, and they get to continue going into the postseason, and they lose, and it's over. Uh, so what just – how are you feeling in this one? I mean, just your general thoughts, and then going into the game itself, taking away the ramifications. Like, how do you feel about this game? You know, I think Gardner Minshew actually said it best after that Raiders game and the, that clip that was posted by Colts media is, you know, all we ask for is a chance. You know, it, it's all mm -hmm. we ask for is a chance. We don't want anything handed to us. We just want a chance to get into the dance. Uh, and that's what the Colts have this weekend, which is great. I mean, look, we, we started this podcast before last season. And we have not seen a lot of success with this podcast, you know, <laughs> no. when it comes to uh, Colt seasons, because obviously yeah. last year was an abject disaster. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts were not a good football team, went through all the turmoil of the Jeff Saturday debacle and all that stuff. We flash forward to this year just for the Colts to be in this situation where they're essentially playing a playoff game in week 18 is just a fantastic jump for this organization. It's great to see. It's just really, really great to see the Colts in this situation. Uh, as for the overall game and my feelings on how the Colts might do this weekend and stuff like that, you know, I think when you look at these two teams, they're in a very, very similar boat. Obviously, the Texans have that advantage at quarterback, and at the end of the day, the best quarterback typically wins in the NFL. But I do think when you look at these overall teams, you have really, really great coaching that has rebounded teams, these two teams excellently. Uh, you look at a lot, a lot of young players stepping up and doing their part for each of these teams. You're looking at the veteran star players who maybe regressed last season for both these squads are getting back up to form and looking like their pro bowl or all pro type selves. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I think these are very, very even match teams. Uh, it really could go either way. I mean, Again, C.J. Stroud is a tough matchup for this defense in particular, and C.J. Stroud's a tough matchup for anybody. But when you look at the Colts, I mean, recently they've been playing some great football at home. They've been running the ball effectively. They've been, you know, being efficient, throwing the ball with Gardner Minshew as well. Uh, I think this could go either way. I, I don't go into this game thinking, oh, man, we have to play the Texans. Like, uh, it's mm -hmm. it's tough. And and don't get me wrong, this this game could go either way. This could be a blowout for the Texans, blowout for the Colts, close game, whatever it is. Uh, but going into this game, I'm not thinking – you know, the Colts are so overmatched and they have no chance. It's, hey, 
The Colts have a good chance in this game. They have a chance against a team that's in a similar situation as them. They just have to be the better team that executes. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, I'm not feeling like, you know, we're not going against the Panthers, obviously, this weekend. So you're still feeling a little nervous. But, uh, you know, you are feeling pretty good going into this matchup. And look, Colts just got to take care of business. Just got to take care of business uh, at home against a divisional opponent. Uh, you can't ask for anything better from a Week 18 game. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have you give your keys to the game here coming up in a minute. But for me, it's all about the Colts taking advantage of the mismatches or taking advantage of their advantages in this one, basically. Uh, and I, I just look at the trenches for the Colts offense. The Texans defensive front, the, the entire starting unit is on the injury report this week. We don't know who is going to be in or out. You know, Will Anderson is included and he's turned out to be a real stud. And really gave the Colts problems, even with Braden Smith back in week two. Uh, so that's a team that's really good. They're a legit run defense. Now, Zach Moss had success against them, I think, 88 yards back in week two. Jonathan Taylor wasn't in that game. The Colts could have both of those guys. And or actually, it looks like they're going to have both guys because there's no Colts who have been ruled out already. Uh, so they should have both of those running backs, their entire starting offensive line. I think it's a good opportunity for the Colts to establish the run so they can give Gardner Minshew as much help as possible because he's done a lot better at limiting turnovers and he's still been a little chaotic, but he hasn't been uh, like he hasn't been chaotic and causing the Colts games necessarily recently. Uh, so give him all the help you can let this offense basically make it a, an image of what you just did against the Raiders. I know for the Colts offense, you know, they don't really duplicate week to week. Uh, but that's what I would like to see. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball. They did get to CJ Stroud six times back a week two. I don't think that's going to happen again. Now the Texans do have 10 offensive linemen who have played at least 200 snaps. And Laramie Tunsil is the only one of the 10 who has even a decent grade in, in pass protection, according to PFF. So the Colts, you know, sitting on 49 sacks, that is a clear advantage for them. But we've seen them disappear at times. Nothing against the Bengals, you know, not much against Atlanta. Like there's even last week against the Raiders, they could have done more against Aiden O'Connell. Uh, so you want to see that pass rush show up again. It doesn't have to be six sacks, but like make life hectic for CJ Stroud because that's like you mentioned, that is a, a tall enough order. Um, so that's that's my big thing. You know, yeah. See if you can establish that run, you know, because we they're, they're always going to gear up against the run when it's the Colts offense and it's Gardner at quarterback. But we have seen that some teams have had recent success downfield in the passing game against Houston. Yeah. So, you know, the, the Colts, we know they can do it. Pittman can do it. We know Alec Pierce can do it. So that side of the ball. And then just don't let CJ Stroud have a tea party back there in the backfield, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of focus more on the micro things there. I'm going to focus a little bit more macro and go kind of coach speaky with what I'm going to say. But uh, when it comes to offense, it really is just controlling what you can control. It doesn't have to be a massive gain every single play. It doesn't have to be, you know, every single drive needs to get a touchdown or thing like that. Just keep the success rate high, keep the ball moving, keep the Texans off the field as much as possible and convert on your chances when you do get them. Not every single play needs to be a 60-yard gain or anything like that, but keeping a productive and steady offense will be the key on that side of the ball and not turning the ball over, like you said there. Don't turn the ball over. Don't get uh, drive-crippling sacks or penalties. Stay in control of what you can control on offense. Uh, and then for the Colts defense, it's really just weathering the storm. 
because uh, CJ Stroud is a good player. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, he's a really good quarterback. He's going to get his, he's going to do his thing. He's going to throw for, you know, 250, 300 yards, whatever it's going to be. As long as the Colts defense can keep that out of the end zone, though, and not keep it super consistent, you know, make them be the ones that are committing the penalties, make them be the ones that are taking sacks and maybe turning the ball over, you know, win those, those narrow matchups like that. And that's how you can get by in an evenly matched game like that. But when it comes to this Colts defense, look, I'm not expecting them to shut the Texans out or have this elite performance or we're talking, you know, Legion of Boom type thing or anything like that with them. Uh, just weather the storm, keep them out of the end zone as much as possible. If you get up a couple of field goals, so be it. Uh, and just play some fairly clean football on that side of the ball and give the Colts offense a chance to win it. That's all I ask in this one from the Colts defense. Again, I think they can get it done. I think this is an evenly matched game. Uh, it just comes down to how well the Colts execute on both sides of the ball. And, and like Shane Steichen said after the Raiders game, we have to have the best week of execution we've had all year or the best week of ex execution we've had um, in, in our lives, basically, because it's a playoff game. Um, I, I think that they're going to get it done and, and, and go through this week, you know, with that playoff mindset. So again, I just, on defense, whether that storm survived the CJ Stroud experience and keep them out of the end zone on offense, control what you can control, keep the success rate high, keep the ball moving and convert on those chances when you have them. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game as well. Really evenly matched a, a toss up game. Basically. I, I just sat on the crossover Thursday episode with John Hickman. Uh, I gave the Colts 23 to 20 kind of a last team with the ball situation. And, you're going to love this Matt Gay game winner in the final minute. That's, that's what I'm projecting. So that'd be good love for it. your brand and a kicker to send you to the playoffs and give us extra football to talk about. You can't really, can't really do anything else beyond that. Uh, so here in a minute, we are going to talk about some of the milestones that are within reach because yes, the win and loss, we, you know, everyone's been talking about it all week, but some of these individual players have some things on the line as well. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? Equate that to football and fantasy football. What's the last waiver wire edition that would have got your championship? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why they have created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board either. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it easy, uh, which makes it a lot easier and the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates, after all. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires against the leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats right now. And they might just not have enough time or resources to actually do the hiring. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Jake, we're talking milestones for the Indianapolis Colts this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, obviously, you guys want to keep talking this matchup with Colts and Texans, but... It's the last game of the season. Obviously, it's a really, really fun time for a lot of players when it comes to career milestones or franchise milestones and such like that. So, Jake, what are some of the ones that we're looking at when it comes to Colts players this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. So this guy obviously has missed about half the year, but Jonathan Taylor's at the point of his career where every single game he's going to accomplish something and move up the Colts record books. 
And it, it really shouldn't come as a surprise that he's already one of the most prolific rushers in Colts history. Uh, he needs just three points, so he's not a kicker. Any touchdown is going to get him that. Uh, he needs three points to pass Joseph Adai for the fourth most by a player in their first four seasons. Uh, and then six points, obviously, a touchdown to pass Jim O'Brien for the third most. Uh, he also needs one touchdown to pass Adai and to tie Alan Amici and Don McCauley for the fifth most in franchise history. And one touchdown to pass Adai for the most by a Colts player in their first four years. So first four years, he's already passing historic names. I mean, Joseph Adai is, is one of the better running backs for the Colts in recent memory. But, I mean, you've got to think he's going to go at least, what is this, the third straight game with a touchdown probably. I know he had opening drive touchdowns the past couple. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, John McClain, the, the Houston Texans reporter, actually put something on social media the other day too saying that uh, Jonathan Taylor in his career against the Houston Texans is like 5-0 and with a – I want to say he averages like 28 carries for like 140 yards and a touchdown against the Texans in his career. And look, it's a different Texans team, obviously. Uh, we're not going to say that you can compare the Texans of two years ago to this Texans team right now. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor historically has done some great things when it comes to these matchups against the Houston Texans. And we saw that last week, too, against the, the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, Taylor historically had great games against the Raiders. Even though the Raiders were coming into that game with a really great run defense, Taylor ran all over them for a lot of success. So maybe that just gives him the extra juice he needs in this one. You got the records coming up. He's got the matchup that he always uh, succeeds in. Uh, so maybe some good things will come from Jonathan Taylor this weekend. Yeah, and then Michael Pittman is another guy that is is pretty much knocking on that door. He has started to put up prolific numbers far and away the highest targeted guy on the Colts offense right now. Uh, just one catch for him uh, to make it 62 games in a row, which would be the sixth longest streak in franchise history, uh, tying Jesse Hester. I have not heard that name either, so don't worry. Uh, he does need three receptions, though, to pass Reggie Wayne uh, for the fifth most in a single season in franchise history. That's at 106. Six receptions to pass Marvin Harrison for fourth and eight to pass Reggie Wayne for third most in a season at 111. Eight receptions, that seems like just another day at the office for Pittman this year. Even if it's only like 56 yards, eight receptions is pretty standard for him. Uh, he also needs just 22 receiving yards to pass Bill Brooks for the third most by Colts player in their first four seasons. Uh, and then if he gets to 10 catches, which again, he's done several times this year, uh, he would tie Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Joe Washington, and Raymond Barry for the second most in a single season in franchise history. So that guy has, he's pretty much put himself right up there around T.Y. Hilton already uh, in terms of at least the start of his career. There's like a group of four or five Colts receivers that are just like big time guys, and he's really nestling himself in there. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it so much on this, on this podcast this whole year where Michael Pittman Jr. is the engine that this this offense runs through. He is their short yardage guy. He's their go-to guy in big situations. He's their RPO guy. He's their run blocking guy. He's their quick screen guy. He's he's everything for this Colts offense. So saying, oh, all these things about what he can get in one hmm. season, yeah, it makes sense. And then obviously saying that he needs like eight more catches or nine more catches, stuff like that, very feasible for him because he's done that quite a bit this season. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Josh Downs, this is someone you uh, you had pointed out on our, I think it was our bye week, we made like bold predictions towards the end of the season. Hasn't quite gone that way, but it's still been a great season for Downs. He needs just one catch to pass Bill Brooks for the most receptions by Colts rookie in franchise history. 
uh, at 65. Yeah. Yeah. And then yardage wise, uh, he's all, I think he's only had one 100 yard game this year. Uh, but if he gets 114 receiving yards, he'll pass Marvin Harrison for the third most and 139 to pass T Y Hilton for the second most at 861. Uh, and as a rookie, Bill Brooks has like well over 1100 yards. So he's not going to reach that. Uh, but if he has a huge game, 139 yards, he's going to pass Marvin Harrison and T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I mean, look, it's been a really strong season for Josh Downs. I know he's hit a little bit of that rookie wall here in the last couple of weeks, and it's kind of obvious to see on film. The Colts offense has gone away from him just a little bit, as him and Gardner Minshew haven't been on the same page. But overall, very strong year for Josh Downs, whether he finishes this game with two catches for 10 yards or or 10 catches for 300 yards, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's going to be a strong year. <laughs> that'd be a huge regardless. game. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a huge game, but it's been a strong year for, for the rookie and you got to be excited about his future here in Indy. Yeah. And then defensively can't leave, can't leave them out at all. They have four players who could reach 10 sacks on the season with this. Let's one. do it. All of them. Uh, let's hope all of them get it this right? weekend, whatever they need to get to 10 sacks. Let's get it this weekend. That'd be great. They, they might need it in order to win this one, but Samson had become good. Get it. He's at nine and a half. He just needs to team up with one of his friends in the backfield. Uh, Quiddy pay at eight and a half Dio at eight and DeForest Buckner with seven, you know, Buckner is capable of a three sack game. I think we know that, especially against an offensive line like Houston. Um, I think it's pretty realistic that Ebucom gets there. I really wouldn't be surprised if either of Dio or Quiddy gets there. You know, Quiddy just needs it one and a half. Dio has, what, probably three multi-sat games this year. I think he, he's had a, a few big performances. Uh, so I I think two of the three for sure will get there. Potentially three of the four, but that's a lot. They, they really, they need that six-sat game in order to get that. Let's just go by the pro football focus sacks or whatever. I think all there I think three of them outside of Buckner are already over 10 by pro football focus counts. So let's just go with those. Those are cooler, I think. Watch the only one who will get there will be Buckner, and he's the one who needs the most. <laughs> None of these guys yeah. will get one. Buckner will get get three in this one. Uh, so this next guy is one of the biggest Pro Bowl snubs, according to everybody, everybody in Colts land. Uh, that's Zaire Franklin. Uh, so this guy's just been racking up the tackles, which for linebackers, it's not the only thing that matters. It's it's a good indicator of having a pulse and being out there in every play. Uh, but he needs one 10-plus tackle game to pass Gary Brackett for the second most in franchise history already. Super impressive considering this is only the second season as, as a starter. Really second season playing defensive snaps at all for Franklin. Uh, Brackett had 23. Uh, Franklin needs a 15-tackle game to pass Mike Peterson for the most in franchise history. Uh, he also needs two solo tackles to pass David Thornton for the second most in a single season and eight to pass Shaq Leonard for the most in a single season. Uh, so I don't know that he'll get all of it, but this guy's going to check off the majority of those boxes in this game. Oh, those are so, okay. Those are solo tackles that you're mentioning there. Cause I was the like, I two. swear he, the, okay. the last two, David Thornton and Shaq Leonard, those were solo tackles. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. I was like, I swear I just <laughs> saw a graphic that said he broke his own record for most. No, he's at okay. like 170 for the year yeah. in total. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's in there on every single play, but yeah, no, it's always great to see him rewarded. Just a great dude. Great leader for this team. Uh, fantastic to see. Uh, so you guys let us know in the comment section, you know, what of these records do you see, or these records or accomplishments do you see the Colts breaking this week? Are you with Jake where you think all these defensive linemen get their, their 10 sacks? I mean, look, it would be I, awesome. At least two, uh, two of these guys are getting it. 
That would hey, that'd be great for Have me. Ecom but... needs a half, so like that's right. not a lot. <laughs> right, right, right. But coming up, guys, we're gonna do some factor fiction, have some fun with overall themes of this cult season, and also uh, where we're standing when it comes to this upcoming game for the Indianapolis Colts. But first, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are some things that you want to keep the same about yourself or in your life in 2024? Where are you already crushing it? Think opposite of New Year's, new you. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how, how we want to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're, ta- you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Well, therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma or anything like that. Like I said, I've I've used therapy so many times in my life. And, and one thing that's just mentioned that I just mentioned there was, was finding positive coping skills. You know, I've leaned on a lot of negative coping skills in my life and ones that I've wanted to push away. Uh, and I've learned better ways to deal with stress and anxiety and, and therapy has been a big, big resource for me. Uh, so if you're thinking of starting therapy, uh, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made instead of trying to change everything about yourself. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. All right, Jake, you wanted to play some factor fiction fun here mm-hmm. with our final segment of today's episode. I have not seen what these factor fiction uh, questions are. I've only glanced at them briefly. I see like the names that popped out, but that's about it for me. Uh, so hit me with them. Hit me. With, let's have some fun here, Jake. Yep. So I'll present a scenario. You're going to say factor fiction and tell me just a brief reason why you think so. Brief. Looking, oh, okay. You're, you're telling you me. You have to be brief. brief. Well, we, we got to get a bunch of these in here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So. At nine and seven and needing a win to get into the postseason, the Colts would have already clinched a playoff spot if Anthony Richardson had never gotten injured. Uh, I think in the grand scope of the AFC, I'd say fact, just because the AFC is a really weird middling conflict. Like it's one really good team with the Ravens and then a bunch of teams that are flawed. That's mm-hmm. kind of what we have with this AFC. And that's why we're looking at like 10 teams that had a chance to make it as the final seed uh, going into last week. But I think I would say fact, just because Richardson is who this offense was designed for. It's who Shane Steichen uh, was preparing the whole all season for. And I do think ultimately, even with his highs and lows, uh, he just would have fit this offense so well that I do think the Colts would have been able to get over the hump against some of these closer games, like the Cleveland Browns game, for instance. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a good one to throw in yeah. there. Yeah, I I agree. I think just to be fair, not say that there would be some enormous difference. I'll say there's there would be a difference of at least a game. I think they'd be sitting at probably ten and six right now. Yeah, Cleveland is a great example. Um, you know, there's some games where they just been clearly outmatched, but the, this Colts offense with Gardner isn't meant to come back from big losses. Because in some of these losses this year, when the Colts lose, they lose big. Yeah, and uh, maybe Richardson's presence helps bridge the gap a little bit but he also makes it possible to come back. That arm opens up the offense more. So I would say that's fact as well. 
Yeah, I remember um, Richardson's, mm-hmm. what, third career start against the Rams. They came back from a 20-point deficit yeah. in the fourth quarter to force overtime. So, yeah, I think that's a very rational thought there that the Colts maybe in a couple of these blowout games make it closer with Richardson because he's at least shown that propensity to come back at least early in his career. Mm-hmm. I know you'll like this one too. Michael Pittman Jr. and Grover Stewart's absences this season earned them contract extensions. <laughs> uh, I think they already earned them before that, but I think it helped them at the negotiation table for sure, mm-hmm. uh, especially Grover at the negotiation table because, oh man, that run defense was absolutely horrendous without him. But I do think Michael Pittman Jr.'s wasn't really affected too much by his absence because he was going to get his bag regardless, man. He, he was going to get that money regardless. But I do think Grover's, uh, if the Colts had any doubts whatsoever, if they looked at that run defense without him, it's like, okay, let's let's get him the money or at least get somebody behind him who knows how to play football because that was some absolutely horrendous run defense in his absence. Yeah, strong agree on both fronts. I, I think with, with Anthony in the offense, that's probably not as reliant on Pittman. Um, but, I mean – you can never plan for that. Like if, if you have a quarterback back there, that's a pocket passer and needs that outlet. Uh, I, I think we saw particularly, you know, in that Atlanta game, they could really use him around. And then Grover self-explanatory over 150 yards on the ground without him. Uh, the next up, we have already seen Gardner Minshew's best game this season. I hope fiction. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, man, I'm trying to think of what his best game would be. I guess that Pittsburgh game was probably the best we've seen from him. Uh, but also game. this past one against the Raiders, I mean, yeah. he had a really strong game. His highest QBR of the season, it was like 90 was his QBR. It was like the second best in the NFL this past week. Uh, so if we're comparing what we think he could do this next week and you know, potentially in the playoffs to what he did in those two games, uh, I'll, I'll say fact just because I – it's a tough defense. It's a very tough defense here with Houston. Uh, I, I do think they're going to take away some of those occasional deep shots we saw against the Steelers and, and some of the red zone success we saw uh, against the Steelers. But um, I don't think they need Gardner Minshew's best game of the season to win this upcoming matchup. Uh, exactly. So this isn't me saying that Minshew's going to doom them in this game by any means. But I do think, um, yeah, we probably already saw the best of Gardner in that Pittsburgh game, but we don't need him to be Pittsburgh version of Gardner Minshew. We just need him to be efficient, high success rate, get the ball down the field and convert when it when needs to be converted. That's my exact answer to fact, just because they don't need him to be some prolific passer. They just need him to take care of the football and, you know, move the offense and take advantage of certain you know opportunities. You see a guy downfield, Alec Pierce, DJ Montgomery, whatever just, you know, make the plays that are there to be made. They don't need some huge performance. Two more. We got to get these ones in because they're really important. The Colts will beat the Texans on Saturday, advancing to the playoffs. I'll say fact just because, look, it's a it's a toss-up type of game. It's a close matchup between two teams that, again, are in a very similar situation, similar boat, similar scenario and all that. Uh, and if we're going toss-up here, we got to stick with the home team. I do think the Colts are going to get it done. They have the execution. They have the coaching. Uh, they had the veteran quarterback. I know Minshew's never really been in a situation like this before, but again, they they kind of have a little bit more experience in situations like this than the Texans. Uh, I do think it's going to be a close one to, again, very evenly matched teams, but I'm going to give the edge to the Colts just because they're the home team, and, and obviously they're the team that, that we uh, cover here on the show. But uh, I do think it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a really, really fun game uh, regardless this weekend. 
Yeah, same here. I already said 23 to 20. I don't think I have, I don't think they have done well with me picking them this year, though. So I am so sorry in advance if, if that backfires, but I think they should win a close one. Uh, and then this last one, big picture. They need to win on Saturday and get to the playoffs in order to consider this season a success. No, this would be the first fiction, I think, of of this one. Uh, I think this season, regardless, has been a success for where this team was coming into the year. I mean, uh, JJ, our, our guy JJ over at uh, Colts.com wrote a fantastic article on this where, look, the Colts went into this past offseason with, without the mindset to blow it all up. They, they had a four-win season last year. And the GM's, what, sixth year of being the GM, uh, a lot of veterans on the team, and they didn't want to blow it up. They wanted to run it back with this team with a new coach uh, and a new quarterback, obviously, was supposed to be Anthony Richardson. Uh, but they wanted to run it back with just new pieces at those two prime positions because they believed in the talent on this team. And to see that talent bounce back this year, again, ag against, against an easier schedule. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not going to downplay that a little bit. The schedule was a very favorable for the team this year. Uh, but to kind of run it back with the veterans who all did not have great seasons last year and see them all bounce back under Shane Steichen, even, I mean, even without their starting quarterback for majority of the season, they've been a competitive winning football team uh, that's in the position that we see them in now. So I don't think they need to win on Saturday for this to be a successful season. I think it's a, it's a success regardless, but look, we got to win. We can't even go with this mindset right now because we got to win. We can talk about that after this game, but um, I do think ultimately it's been a very, very successful first season for Shane Steichen and the Colts, and and hopefully it continues into the playoffs uh, once they win on Saturday. Agreed. Uh, they they this was not the trajectory they were supposed to be on when you when you're at the beginning of September. You don't say they're going to win 10 games and get in the playoffs. Like you're just looking for progress or we're documented in saying you just want to see growth from this team. Yeah. Uh, you're not expecting a big playoff run. So grand scheme of things, yes, successful season, but you become the victim of the expectations you've created. And we have seen they're a pretty decent team that is capable of being a playoff team now. Uh, so just playing devil's advocate, I do think it would be disappointing for the season to end this way, yeah. especially when you factor in recent total flatline performances against like Cincinnati and Atlanta that probably cost them the opportunity to get into the playoffs if they lose on on Saturday. Um, again, the angel on me on my shoulder says, yes, it, it's been a successful season because they were not supposed to be in the spot, but what have you done for me lately? We've seen they're a pretty good team and they should get in. Yeah. Yeah. I just got to, just got to finish the job this weekend, finish mm -hmm. the job, have their best week of practice and, and execution and, and get it done here on Saturday. But you guys let us know what you think in the comment section. Do the Colts pull it out against the Houston Texans in this win or go home game. And if you guys don't already follow at locked on Colts at Jake Arthur NFL and at Zach Hicks too all on Twitter slash X. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd love your guys' regs reviews, and we'll see you guys back here right after the game on Saturday or Sunday morning because it's going to be a late one. So Sunday morning, we'll <laughs> see you guys.